0: Welcome back to our second episode on Getting Beyond Burnout. Last week, we talked about recognizing burnout, what it looks like, what are the symptoms, how to realize it is more than just being stressed out. Today, we're going to talk about some ways to reverse burnout. Now, one of the best things you can do to reverse burnout is to hold your time and your space sacred. When every hour is being taken for someone else, and every minute is overbooked, we end up with a giant uh, time constriction or a time deficit. It's a constant feeling like we can't catch up and we've got no time for ourselves. I think about the quote by William Penn, time is what we want most, but what we use worst. Imagine that each minute of the day was worth $100. How much would you protect your minutes? You would totally protect them because in this example, an hour is worth $6,000. You wouldn't just give away your minutes to Facebook or the Kardashians or to errands or to tasks that weren't serving you. You would think twice before spending your minutes, just like you think twice before spending your dollars. The thing is, you can make more money, but you can't make more time. I want you to think about if some minutes or some activities could create compound interest. So for example, when you exercise for an hour, if an hour is normally worth $6,000, it's now worth $7,500 because you get extra benefits from exercising. Or your 15 minutes of reading a book is going to create compound interest. Or taking 10 minutes to do breath work has compound interest. You keep reaping the benefits afterwards. On the flip side, you gain probably nothing from scrolling social media. I want you to think about that if it doesn't add value to your day, it's like a withdraw. Do an audit of your time. I want you to think about how many activities do you do that are withdraw and how many are making a deposit. Your time is your most valuable asset. When you give someone or something your time, you're giving, I think, your most valuable gift. Again, you can get more money, but you can't get more time. So we've got to put boundaries on our time. The ways I do this are to block my calendar to make sure I've got a time for what's important to me. I batch same types of work together and I take breaks to make sure that I don't feel too full. It's kind of embarrassingly simple, but it's really just a matter of putting buffers at the start and end of my day or between appointments. I remember when my kids were little and I had to be the one dropping them off to school and picking them up. I needed to put a little buffer between drop off time and the start of work. That buffer Helped keep me from feeling so frazzled and always late. Um, I would also put a buffer um, at the end of the day, you know, so that I had something between going to work and back on mom duty. And it would help me with the transition of my energy between work and momhood. My fear when I first started doing this was that I was going to get less done. But the result was that I got better work done. I was less stressed, I was more focused. I want you to think about what's holding you back from creating healthy boundaries for yourself. Maybe you feel like it's selfish or maybe you feel like it's impossible because everybody else's needs take precedence over yours. Setting boundaries is actually a gift of self-love. When you give in to everyone else's needs, you end up feeling depleted and resentful. This is not good for your relationships either. Your protection of your time will help you be a better mom, a wife, better business person, a better friend. In order to do this, you have to start practicing saying no. As women, I think we're like culturally trained to make people happy and we feel like saying yes to everyone is a way to make people happy. But every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. So when you say yes to volunteering in the class or baking at the bake sale or picking up a carpool, What is it that you're saying no to? Are you giving up workout time, or are you giving up something else that's serving you? I get asked, at least on a weekly basis, from women who want to just grab a cup of coffee just to get my idea about something. In my heart, I would love to say yes to everyone who asks for my help. But my response is, as much as I would love to, I have to protect my time and can't say yes to all of these requests. Not only are these women not upset with me, most are so impressed with my protection of time that they say they need to do more of it in their own lives. The word no is powerful and it's a complete sentence. Many of us have trouble saying it. When you say no, connect with what you are trying to protect. If you have trouble saying no, propose a solution that meets everyone's needs. So when I say no to these women who want a coffee, I also do give access to my podcast and blog posts that might assist them. So you can close a door with your no, but you can also open a door for another solution. If a friend wants to go out and you feel like that's just going to put too much on your calendar, maybe invite her to a breakfast with multiple friends. So you're kind of multitasking in this way. You're telling the other person that you respect their needs, but you're also protecting your own. And no can be a beginning and not just an end. So again, we're talking today about ways to reverse burnout. And I think that putting boundaries on who you spend time with is part of that. Are you an introvert who needs time for yourself? Are you an extrovert who needs time with others? Or are you an ambivert who needs time for yourself and time with others? In order to reverse burnout, you need to put boundaries on this. Make sure you're choosing to be with people who lift you up and who inspire you and who energize you and stay away from energy vampires. Those are the people who always take the energy that you have to give. My final tip in this episode is on how to get more help. Remember that audit of your time? How many things on your calendar are things you don't love doing or you're not good at? How many things could be done by someone else? Could someone else clean your house? Could someone else drive kids to school? Could someone else run errands? Let's tap into maybe why you aren't asking for help. Are you embarrassed because you feel like you should be able to do all the things? I want you to stop shooting on yourself, S-H-O-U-L-D. Stop shooting on yourself. The amount of things you are juggling, I don't even know, I guarantee you, are not reasonable. Are you not asking for help because you feel like you can't afford that? Let's unpack that for a moment. Cleaning my house takes a full day. I mean, I am not that good at it, so it takes me a really long time, at least six hours from top to bottom. But I can get someone else to clean my house for $150. So do I think I can create more value by working for six hours? For sure, I do. I can create more than $150 of value. I remember interviewing a working mom. She told me she paid as much for babysitting and house cleaning as she did from making her job. So to me, it seemed like, gee, you're not, you're not netting anything, you know, financially, so why are you doing it? But she told me she wouldn't trade her job because that her job gave her more satisfaction than cleaning the house or driving her kids around to sports. Don't judge. We all get satisfaction from different things. When I first started Stroller Strides, I couldn't afford to hire a babysitter. So I asked my mother-in-law to watch Jacob for two days a week. I remember it was Tuesdays and Thursdays for four hours each day. She said yes. And I got more done in those eight hours than I'm telling you most people would in a full work week. When the needs of Fit for Mom grew, I needed more than just those eight hours. I did a child care swap with my neighbor. So one day a week, I took her couple kids, and one day a week, she took Jacob it didn't cost me a penny. And Jacob looked forward to it. And I actually thought it was easier to watch Jacob with her kids than it was to watch Jacob alone. So it was a win. Now, when Rachel was born probably four years later, I did need full-time help because I was working so much with our business. I realized I wasn't the mom who I wanted to be when I was trying to work and be mom at the same time. So that was when I decided to get full-time child care. and. Honestly, everything worked out better for me. I was a better mom when I was momming, and I was better work when I'm working. So it depends on where you are in your business. It depends on what your own needs are, but honor them. Today, I outsource a lot because I would rather pay someone else to do the things that aren't my skill or my passion set. I've got my groceries delivered. I use Amazon on almost the daily, and I know it can sound very privileged, but it's something that I've worked very purposefully for. Are you not asking for help because you feel like no one else can do it as good as you? I get that. But if someone else could do it 80% as well, I think it should be sufficient. I remember when Jacob was a baby and uh, Jason would get up in the middle of the night to change Jacob's diaper as a newborn. And there was one night where he turned around to see me kind of (laughs) watching him. He's like, okay, if you're going to get up anyways, then I have no need to get up. I learned my lesson very quickly on that one. (laughs) Him doing it was good enough so I could get some sleep. And speaking of Jason, I know that every relationship is different. We all choose in our relationships to share workloads differently. You have to do what works for you. I can tell you I wasn't very good at it in the beginning. My experience was that I, I was not clear on my ask and I had a victim mentality for a long time as a new mom. I was the martyr who did all the things and I expected Jason somehow to be a mind reader, that I just wanted him to do more. But like, literally, I learned that if I don't ask him very clearly for what I needed, he wasn't going to do anything. So after much therapy and lots of different tries, we figured out new solutions. So like, I created a list of all the things that I didn't like doing or didn't feel like it was good at. And he decided he was going to be the person. He goes, I can pick up errands for you. I can do Target for you. I can take your car in for you. I can go to the bank for you. So he does all that. He runs the errands. He drops things off and picks them up on the way out to work or on the way back from work. That was a huge lift from me, like mentally a huge lift from me. And he doesn't mind doing it, but I just needed to be clear on the ask. All right, let's do an overview to reverse burnout. I want you to use your boundaries, boundaries on your time. So you're doing what's most important to you. Boundaries on the people you surround yourself with. So you have time for alone time and time for people who lift you up and boundaries on what you can do. Realize you can do anything, but not everything. So you've got to ask for help. So it's one thing to listen to this podcast. Good for you for doing that. But it's another thing to take action. What? has this podcast inspired you to take action on? I want you to choose one thing, and I want you to commit to it. I do believe that success leaves clues, so share what works with you uh, with your fellow fit-for-mom family. Next week, we're going to talk about resilience, which is really the ability to bounce back and how building resilience is going to help you prevent or relieve burnout. I leave you today with a quote from Brene Brown. Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. I hope you have an amazing week and I look forward to talking to you next week.